We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. How do we know what we can trust when we see pictures in the news? When we see these things, how do you tell what's real and what's not? And less than two weeks ago, there was a news story that you might have heard about. It was well-timed to coincide with our deep fake sermon series. We had nothing to do with it, <laughs> but Tom Hanks, the actor Tom Hanks, was deep faked. And he was in commercials promoting a dental plan. But then he had to go out and tell everybody, no, that's not me. They simulate voice to advertise this dental plan. He had nothing to do with it. And they used his image, his likeness, without his permission. And it's strangely ironic because Mr. Tom Hanks played Forrest Gump, and that's the movie where a lot of this technology got its start, putting Forrest into the meeting JFK. And so it's out there. It's for real. They're using it to scam people. Whether people are using this technology to make funny images and videos for the internet, or whether they're using it to scam people and commit fraud, the thing that they have in common is that these images and videos are fake. They can look incredibly convincing, but they're not real. They're counterfeit. We all have to be careful because we now live in a world where we are surrounded by counterfeits and fake things. And if you don't believe me, call up any customer service helpline. Hello, thank you for calling. Your call is very important to us. It's simulated people, but they try to make them sound as real as possible. Well, speaking of simulated people, why is this up here? Back in... No, go back! Thank you very much. All right. Not today, Satan. All right. So, back in 2013, I'll explain who that was, but I can't get ahead of myself. Back in 2013, a movie came out called Her, starring Joaquin Phoenix. It was an interesting movie. It was about a man who gets a digital personal assistant. It's an AI computer program, but it's able to speak with a human female voice. And so he's able to talk to it, and it can talk back to him. And over the course of the movie, he begins to fall in love with her, this voice in his device, even though he knows that it's not a real person. 
So that's interesting. That's an interesting idea. Makes for a good, quirky movie, but thank goodness that would never happen in real life, right? Welcome to 2023. It's 10 years later. Now we go to the next picture. This is Karen Marjorie. She is an internet influencer. And this year, she made a digital AI version of herself. She worked with a technology company to try to replicate her personality and her manner of speech as completely as possible to make this AI copy of herself. And for a subscription fee, you can chat with the AI version of this woman. And it will act like your virtual girlfriend. Technology! Hooray! She is already making thousands of dollars per month from a limited release of this technology. And some people predict it could make millions per month. So that's weird because usually for a counterfeit to work, the recipient needs to believe that it's real. If I have a fake $100 bill and I want to use it to buy something from you, it will only work if you don't know that it's a fake. If you know that it's counterfeit money, you're not going to take it. Good. Okay. I'm glad that makes sense to you guys. Me too. The thing is, these people know that their virtual girlfriend isn't real. It's not a real person. But they don't care. And they're paying money to have access to something that they know is fake. People can fall in love with a lie. This specific example might seem like an extreme modern example, but it's more common than you think. And this is exactly in line with the enemy's plan. As Chris has laid out in previous weeks, People were made in the image of God. We read that in Genesis 1. Sin hijacks the image and corrupts it. Satan hates God. And he hates us because we were made in God's image. And so Satan offers us a false picture. A false image to lure us away and break our relationship 
with God. For instance, with Eve in the Garden of Eden. Her situation was pretty great. She lived in paradise. She had everything she needed. She could walk and talk with God. But the serpent said, Yeah, but could it be better? You see, you know that fruit that you're not supposed to touch? The truth is, if you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. It's, it'll be like now, only better. Look at this picture. It's you, but better. And it's right there. Just go grab that fruit. He showed her a convincing, fake picture, and she bit. But the really diabolical way that this works is that it's not good enough to have us accept the fake image that Satan offers. If possible, he wants us to love it. Do you see how twisted that is? We're made in God's image. Sin corrupts that image. Through Jesus, we can reclaim the true image of what we were made to be, who we're called to be. Amen. Praise God. But not if we love the fake image so much that we won't let it go. Loving a lie keeps us from reclaiming the image that we were made to be because we're holding on to this other, this fake image. Loving a lie can take so many forms beyond just some weirdos and their AI girlfriend. No offense to anyone with an AI girlfriend watching online. Lots of people are committed to showing the world a picture of themselves that doesn't match their daily life. Oh, I, I'm great. I got it all together. And this, and, and hey, it's super fine. As long as you don't look here. Don't ever look here. This is what I want you to see. Because that's me but it's fake. Exactly. Social media helps a lot with this because we can pick and choose what we want to show people to compose this elaborate fake. But people have been doing this since before the internet. This fake version of me I wish that was the real me. As I love it. 
That's what I want people to see. Addiction can work the same way. I'm fine. I don't have a problem. Look, that's the picture I have of myself as I'm going back to do the thing that I know is wrong. Because I have a picture that that actually helps me. That that's part of who I am. Despite what I know that I'm doing, I can tell myself and I can tell other people that it's fine or it's not happening or it's not really a problem for me. It's not that bad. I'm in love with making sure people see that I'm okay. Even though I'm not okay. Every season, every game day, hundreds if not thousands of people get up and tell themselves that their team is good. I'm not going to name any names. They say that we're going to make it to the Super Bowl this year. We're Sorry, that's poking at my sports fan friends. No, not, not naming names. No, but that can become a thing too. Who am I? I'm a Cowboys fan. Who? I'm a what? I'm a this. I'm a that. I'm part of this fandom. I'm part of this. And not to pick on sports fans, but when that becomes a such a huge part of your identity, I can't go to church because I am Mr. Cowboys. And that's the most important thing in my life. Man, is that really? You know that that's not that important, right? You, you know it deep down that that's not the truth. But you love it. It leads us to chase a false image. If I only had this, if I only had that, if I had that, oh, then I'd be happy. Oh, or that person, if I was in a relationship with that person, if they only loved me, or that, if I had that job, then I'd be happy. That will make me happy. I'm, I love Picturing myself being happy with that thing, with that, with this. And so I'm going to try and do as much as I can to get it. That's a fake picture. That's a fake image. Some people find out when they get there and they get that thing. I'm not, I'm not happy. 
I got the wrong one. I needed that thing. People fall in love with a picture of their life that's not real. And they will hold on to it for dear life. But where does it lead? You're clinging to something that's a fraud. It will never be real. God is truth and life. Amen. The lie that you're holding on to is empty. It's been dead this whole time. There's no life there. And that's where Satan wants it to lead you. As you chase it down, when you catch it, you'll be as dead as it is. Not me, though. Not me. I go to church. What's more, I post inspirational Bible verses online. I'm a good Christian. And the last time that I felt God move in my life was back in 2003. Might have been before that. But that doesn't matter because I love this picture of myself as a church-going Christian. We all need to examine that picture of ourselves. Have we been deep faked? As I said, that is the enemy's goal. Not just to corrupt the image of God within us, but to make us love the fake. Because it cuts us off from the truth. The truth is always available. It never goes away. Praise God. But if we get seduced into loving the lie, then we might be unwilling to receive the truth. It makes the truth hard for us to receive. Jesus is love. He is loving and kind beyond measure. You can amen that. That's fine. Thank you. But he doesn't pull any punches. When someone is committed to a lie and they encounter Jesus, he gives them the truth. 
It's who he is. He can't really do anything else. In the Gospels of Matthew and Mark, someone comes to Jesus who is described as a rich, young ruler. So, we'll start reading from Mark chapter 10 at verse 17. Now, as he, Jesus, was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him, Keep the commandments. Verse 20, And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. I'm good, right? Verse 21, Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. Verse 22, but he was sad at this word, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. This man, this rich young ruler, met face to face with the truth. And he went away sad. Because his image of himself was as a rich young ruler. And now Jesus told him that that wasn't really who he was meant to be. That's not really who he was. Or maybe his picture of himself was someone who always did what God commanded. Until he met the Son of God. And the Son of God told him to do something that he really didn't want to do. But either way, he met the truth. And he was sad because it was hard for him to receive. The truth can be hard, hard to receive, hard to accept. It challenges the beautiful lies that we may have based our lives on. But it is the truth. It is the only truth. Jesus may have things to say that are difficult for us, but they're true. And the alternative is a lie. In the book of Revelation, Jesus is sending letters to seven churches. The letter to the church in Laodicea in Revelation 3 is somewhat well known for its use of the word spew. You're neither hot nor cold, so I will spew you out of my mouth. Yep. But 
Jesus goes on to tell them that they have embraced lies. And remember, this is Jesus talking to a church. They've embraced lies. And Jesus then instead reveals the truth. Revelation 3, verse 17. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. But Jesus goes on to tell them what they need to do. In verse 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put in your eyes so that you can see. The truth of their situation is hard to receive. It's harsh. But Jesus doesn't just tell them they are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked, and leave it at that. He offers a solution. Really, he is the solution. If you have embraced a lie, it can be very difficult and painful to acknowledge that it is fake and to move on from it to instead embrace the truth. But only the truth is true. And the truth is love. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is God. God is love. The truth is love. The lie doesn't love you. It might make you feel good for a time, but it is completely empty. It has no feelings for you whatsoever. It was developed by the enemy who hates you. And ultimately, it, its end result is death. On the other hand, the truth loves you so much that he came down from heaven and died in your place to give you life. Let's look back in Mark 10. Did you miss it? In verse 21. He's talking to the rich young ruler. It says, then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. He wasn't telling him these things to pick on him, to be harsh. Jesus could see what he was missing. 
And he doesn't want him to miss it. He wants him to know the real truth. Jesus told the rich young ruler the truth because he loved him. Continuing in Revelation 3, verse 19, Jesus says, Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. If his truth challenges us, if it feels like a rebuke, it's because we need it. And it means he loves us. We need his truth to help us reject the lies that we've embraced. If our musicians could come, I'm wrapping up. When we realize that we have been embracing and chasing after a lie, there's really only one thing to do. The enemy tries to lure us off course, lure us away from God with this fake image of who we could be or who we should be or what we could have. And we chase these false images. Well, when you realize that's what you've been doing, the first thing you need to do is turn around. Turn back to God. That's what repentance is. And that's another really amazing thing because you can spend your whole life chasing this false image. But when you decide to turn away from it, you don't have to chase God. He's always right there for you. Recognizing his truth, all you have to do is turn back toward him and embrace him. Acknowledge that he's the truth. These other things are a lie. And then you can embrace who he says you are. Because those are true. You're a child of God. You were made in God's image. You are chosen. You are beloved. These are the truth. That's who we are. That's what he has for us. But not if we're holding on to something that's not from him. At the end of service every week, we invite everyone to come forward and spend some time talking to God. Have you fallen for a deep fake? Have you embraced a lie? If so, you need to talk to the truth. And I 
can't promise that it won't be difficult, but it's the truth. And there are so many ways that we can embrace things that are fake. So, as we draw to a close, praise God, I'm sure none of you need to repent of a lie that you've embraced. But, man, they can be tricky sometimes. Man, they can be really hard to spot. I would encourage all of you, we could all use time in the presence of the truth to say, hey, shine your truth into my life. I love your truth. I need more of it. And if, God forbid, there's a spot that I missed, that I fell for it, I don't want to keep chasing after that thing. Help me to recognize it so I can turn away from it and turn back to you. Everybody's got something they can get from the truth. Everybody's got something they can talk to God about today. If you would like special prayer, just stand up close to the platform here. We would be glad to pray with you. But these altars are open. Please, let's spend some time talking to God. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.